Good morning. This is Dina Marie of Faith Moments with a Franciscan moment on Mater Day Radio. Well, one of the most treasured images we see in the Christmas season is the beautiful Christmas crash displayed in most Christian homes and especially at that Christmas Midnight Mass, we see for the first time the nativity, the Christmas crash, and that tradition continues in the church for centuries. With me today to discuss that beautiful Christmas crash and to help us to better prepare for the season of Christmas is Franciscan Friar Father Dan Petit. Father Dan, thanks for coming back with us as we have this beautiful season of Advent to celebrate. Thank you, Dina Marie. Good to be with you again and uh, talk about these mysteries of our faith. It, they are mysteries. And, you know, if you go to any store today, it's just hitting you in so many different ways, the messages of Christmas. And I haven't seen one that really follows the real tradition and the reason for the season of Jesus Christ. Let's look at that beautiful crash, because that is, I think, one of the hallmarks of the Christian faith in in our focus. Right. It's the birth of Jesus Christ. When did this crash come about? How did we have this this tradition of having a an image or a replica of the Holy Family as something that we would celebrate during Christmas? Well, it it started with Saint Francis of Assisi, who uh, requested um, one of his great supporters and benefactors at the time, who lived in Grecio in Italy. He requested that he set up, according to his spec- specifications a scene of the manger in Bethlehem that would replicate that time in the life of Christ when he was born. And so he had just finished writing the first rule and they they were coming off some difficult times and he wanted to give an example to the friars of how devoted they were to be to Christ and to follow Christ. And his way of doing that was to Uh, replicate and duplicate the scene at Bethlehem by asking this nobleman to set it up for him according to his specifications, which included the animals, the manger, and then, of course, the baby Jesus there in the manger as well. And Francis and some of the friars showed up and they celebrated the first time with the actual crash, as we understand it, with the uh, baby Jesus and the, the in the in the manger with the real animals and everything, because he, he that's the way Francis' spirituality was. It was very incarnational and very expressive to the outside to uh, help us enter more deeply into the mysteries. Mm-hmm. Do we know just the response of the people on that one celebration of mass? I mean, I can't even imagine um, the people coming from the villages to have mass and to see this. Um, here's the nativity. Yeah, it's uh, it's given us by uh, uh, Thomas of Solano, one of the biographers of Francis in the 13th century, describes this Grecio scene. And he says every time the words of Jesus came off of Francis's lips, it was there was a sweetness that came across in the hearts of the people there because he was a deacon. And so he preached the mass after the gospel was proclaimed. He preached. And um, one of the friars reported uh, a vision he had as Francis was preaching of the baby Jesus in the manger coming to life. And of course, Thomas of Solano, when he heard this from this friar, interpreted that to mean this was the way Francis 
built up the church was he effectively awakened Christ in the hearts of the faithful. And that was the renewal of the church that he was called to do by, by Christ when he spoke to him from the cross. Francis, go rebuild my church, which, as you see, has fallen into ruins. Well, one of the ways he did that was by way of his preaching that awakened Christ in the hearts of the faithful. I'm talking with Father Dan Petit, Franciscan friar, as we're looking at the beautiful Christmas crash and really going back. We were talking before we went on the air 800 years since uh, St. Francis, uh, it, you said in 1223. Yeah, 1223 to uh, 2023 and uh, 800 years. Um, you know, this is the year as well. We're celebrating the final rule that was approved by the Pope at the time, this was something that was a milestone, but it was a real hard time for Francis because he, re he received a lot of resistance. He suffered greatly during the period of the final formation of the rule into writing. And um, at the end of it all, though, was this moment where he gathered with some of the friars to celebrate the purpose of it all, which was Christ. Uh, Christ in, in Franciscan spirituality is at the core and center of everything. Um, and for Francis, love of Christ and the sacred humanity of Christ is what he's trying to impart to the uh, friars. And for some of them, they lost sight of that in the uh, composition of the rule. And it caused Francis to suffer a lot as a result. But in the end, he still maintained this vision for Christ that helped sustain him through it all and then had this beautiful celebration at Christmas. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned, Father Dan, that, you know, this incarnational way of St. Francis, and I can't think of any more incarnational way than having an, a crash, having the nativity scene. I mean, when we talk about a Eucharistic revival, which our country is undergoing uh, with our churches, that nativity scene really brings alive uh, in many ways uh, Christ's presence right in our homes to remind us, yeah, Christ is present. Yeah, he really is truly present. And of course, the, the, the scene at, at Bethlehem is the bridal chamber where God weds himself to our humanity. And of course, uh, Jesus, in his preaching, frequently uses the bridal imagery of a man, you know, the man and woman. Of course, St. Paul would even bring out that imagery and say that the love between a man and a woman is an image of Christ's love for his church. Well, that began in the incarnation, and it's what led Francis to fall in love with God because he viewed such great humility in God lowering himself to become totally united with us in our humanity. And of course, that led to his same devotion to the Eucharist, because that's what's happening there too, is God is lowering himself to become hidden beneath this sign of bread, which is so lowly and so humble. So it's the bridal chamber. And of course, the, uh, the union is consummated on Calvary because the embrace of our humanity includes even our death. So he didn't split from us when it got tough. He stayed faithful and he embraced. And even his last words are, 
it is finished, and then he gives up his spirit. Well, in the Latin, the word there is consummatum est. It is consummated, his total union with our humanity, which is what led Francis to so fall in love with this God who would love us so faithfully. Right. Father Dan Petit is with us as we reflect uh, during this time of Advent. And Father Dan, as we look at that Christmas crash, and I and I hope during the Advent season, we're preparing to put that out in a space in our homes or maybe some people I've seen put in their yards, which is wonderful. You know, mm-hmm. what is that crash? Uh, what can we learn from just looking at the different figures within the Christmas crash? Well, I I go to St. Bonaventure to respond. That's a great question because, you know, St. Bonaventure had a very unique understanding of this moment uh, when he viewed the creche, which is so much a part of Franciscan spirituality. Bonaventure, of course, is the seventh general of the order. He became general of the Franciscans in 1257. Now, Francis died in 1226, so he was dead already, but the creche was still such a vital part of Franciscan spirituality that Bonaventure, in meditating upon it, saw in Christ the invisible realm of creation being brought together with the visible realm of creation, where you see beasts, the the oxen, the sheep, being brought into communion with the angels on high singing glory to God in the highest, So what Bonaventure saw there was peace across the entire spectrum of creation because of Christ. There's total peace, which is not just psychological, but it's it's cosmic. I mean, Mm -hmm. angels coming together with donkeys. And I mean, that's that's the peace that Christ effects for us at Christmas. Right. And when you said that it's cosmic, we do celebrate Jesus Christ, King of the universe. You know, as we close one season, when we open up the Advent season, we just had that reminder, you know, all creatures, great and small. And as St. Francis reminds us that even the littlest creature was created by our almighty God. And um, how amazing is that? Uh, Father Dan, I want to just extend our conversation a little bit more. I want to get us into the Christmas season, but we are coming up to a break. So let's take a quick break and we'll continue our conversation in the next half hour. Okay, sounds good. Good morning. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with Father Dan Petit, Franciscan Friar. In the Advent season, we have been discussing the beautiful Christmas crash, and for eight hundred years, we've had this beautiful tradition thanks to St. Francis of Assisi. We've been speaking a little bit about the history of that first night, that first midnight, where at that Christmas Mass, St. Francis put together with the help of many of his friends, all of the characters, including a baby in the nativity (laughs) scene. But Father Dan, we closed uh, the first part of our discussion. You talking about really this incarnational way of of St. Francis and his look of of all creatures, especially getting all of those creatures in the nativity scene, really launches us into Franciscan spirituality. How is that so? And give us a little better sense of that spirituality which we can see in the nativity. Well, it, it's it's based upon the the healing Christ renders to the human condition because St. Paul says in, in Romans that the spirit lusts against the flesh, 
and the flesh lusts against the spirit, which that's that's a that's a that's that creates a, a kind of anxiety and stress between the flesh and the spirit in us as a result of sin. And it gets aggravated by sin. Well, Christ heals that division and effectively brings spirit and flesh into harmony. And in, and in, and in Francis, that became very true as it did in, in Christ. Christ ministered healing to Francis in such a way that Francis even had creation turning to him like the animals, and they were at peace with him because he was bringing the spiritual into peace with the material part of his body. He was reconciling creation in himself through the grace of Christ. So the animals responded to him in very different ways that were very unique. You know, we call him the saint of ecology because of this. Uh, and at the heart of that ecology, though, is the grace of our baptism that Francis uh, effectively healed Francis's spirit and body coming into communion and peace. And that peace extended to the lower creatures who were bunnies were all he always had a trail of bunnies following him. He always, you know, he birds, he would tell them to be quiet while he preached because they had to listen to the word of God and they would obey him. Um, but then he also had visitation from angels above, you know, the seraph that visited him in a vision to imprint the stigmata on his body. You see, the spiritual realm above was coming into peace and communion with the lower creatures beneath and in the animals. And all of that was brought about by way of the spirit and flesh in Francis coming to peace instead of this discord that we find that comes about through sin. And so there's a real healing that's, that occurs in the incarnation that um, Bonaventure sees, but also Francis wanted to celebrate by setting up the crash. Right. Well, yeah. And you talk about healing. I think, you know, so much of our country or so much of our world is wounded, whether it's war, poverty. I mean, go down the list. Right. The healing comes from that incarnation of Christ. That's right. And the medicine is ministered to us, especially through the Eucharist. That is that really now, of course, if we if we happen to get into very serious sin, then the sacrament of confession ministers the medicine. That's what we need. That's that's necessary. But once you get into that space, then it's the Eucharist that once again ministers the healing that brings spirit and flesh with us into peace with each other instead of this discord that we experience, you know, and this um, uh, it, it's it's a very um, incarnational, as I mentioned at the outset, uh, spirituality. Right. Father Dan Petit is with us as we reflect in this Advent season, the beauty of the creche. I want to also ask you, because St. Francis said, had such a devotion to our Blessed Mother, the feast that comes up, you know, the next week from Christmas Day is Mary, Mother of God. Where does she, where's her role in this healing? You talk about Christ, the healer, and certainly Mary has a key role in that as well. Yeah, well, uh, Mary, of course, is in the decree 
uh, of God from all eternity that his son would come among us. And so Mary is herself preserved from all sin from the moment of her conception. So we have that celebration December 8th, the as we'll be celebrating December 8th, um, the Immaculate Conception. You know, well, the Son of God forms from Mary's body a sinless body for himself. So Mary contributes the body of Christ, if you will. I mean, it's, 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 mm-hmm. it's amazing, but that's what she does. It's like coming from like sinless human nature coming from sinless human nature, you know? And as a result of that, of course, Christ himself was sinless. And that that's what Mary contributed to the incarnation then. And then for us, as we look into that nativity scene and we see Mary and Joseph, we see the shepherds around our interaction with them. You know, what's our prayer? What can our prayer be to to really ask for that peace, to be open for the peace to really reside in our lives? Yeah, to pray for that uh, silent night holy night and the peace of that to enter inside of us. We need to know that inside of us. People today, with the state of emergency our culture seems to be in all the time, so busy in the the bells and the whistles and the sound and the fast pace and constant busyness, how necessary is it that we enter into a peace that is interior, uh, that is the result of the grace of Christ and this medicine of the incarnation that gives us peace on the inside. So to have this whole silent, holy night enter into us would be a great gift for this Christmas and one that Mary and Joseph and Jesus can help us enjoy um, by asking them, help me enter more deeply into this silent and holy night. And, you know, as we prepare, and I just want to continue and invite myself, invite our listeners to slow down. The Advent season is a season of preparation. It's right. it's violet, penitential for a reason to kind of help us slow down, reflect on where we are as we prepare for this great feast of Christmas. But give us a sense of the season of Christmas begins on Christmas Day. It doesn't end like the rest of our culture would have it um, and continues on through Epiphany and even a little bit beyond that. Yeah, of course, the um, the Christmas season begins for us. December 25th, and that's that's when the Christmas season ends for the culture because the the, the culture is looking at Christmas as a time for uh, balancing the books in the retail stores and online and this kind of thing. That's That's what their view of Christmas is. For us, it's the birth of Christ coming with this healing medicine of the, of the incarnation that we celebrate, and we take eight days to celebrate it. It's like it's not enough to celebrate for one day, but we have an octave of Christmas that begins the 25th and goes the whole week after for eight days up until we get to the epiphany, which is the the day when the Magi come. And then, of course, it extends beyond that to, to the baptism of Christ by John. And that opens the public ministry and we start the, the new liturgical year again. 
Um, but we have this period of several weeks to really celebrate and enter more deeply into the mystery of our healing by Christ. And unfortunately, we, that, that can become lost um, because we think Christmas is over after uh, December 25th. That's right. Well, let's continue to recognize each season, give it its due, especially this Advent season, prepare your Christmas crush and bring St. Francis into that crush this year, reminding ourselves how significant um, really the example of St. Francis has been for now 800 years in our tradition. Father Dan, I just want to thank you for some time with us during the Advent season to help us better prepare for Christmas and would invite you to help us close with a prayer and your blessing over our listeners. Sure thing. And, And maybe before I just end that prayer, I might just add one other thing that we can do, especially in this year, the revival of faith in Eucharist, I'd highly recommend that men and women go and spend some time before Jesus in the tabernacle or adoration, wherever you can find him, and just sit there with him in the quiet of that moment of his real presence to you. Uh, There's some real peace to be gained in that. So let's pray. Lord, we just ask and pray that the peace of Christmas may enter our hearts, the peace that only you can give and that nothing this world offers can ever supply. We ask and pray for that grace and also the grace of the prayer of Mary, our mother, and St. Joseph, our father, to be with us as well, to teach us how to love you. And we ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And may the blessed mighty God descend upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Dan. Have a blessed Advent and a Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you soon. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Dean and Marie.